is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Rankings week continues on. Wide receiver rankings. We're going to take a look at consensus rankings. One of the three analysts on the show today was thinking about actually removing Michael Thomas from the number one spot? Maybe I'm wrong about that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll obviously discuss the rookie wide receivers. Welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, April 29th. We actually have two shows today, tight ends later, which you'll hear on Thursday. I'm Adam Azer. Hey, Dave Richard. Happy Wednesday. What's up, Adam? How oh, are you? you know. I'm great. I had a lot of my wife's birthday yesterday. I had a lot of dessert, a lot of dessert. What'd you get? What'd you get? My mom sent us a Mrs. Fields cookie cake, which was just amazing. Uh-huh. And my wife baked these pretty average cupcakes. You can't really. You made her bake on her own birthday? She wanted to do it herself. Oh my God, you're the worst. I was twitching and she was baking last night. Not only did she bake Jamie, but they were just pretty average. Yeah. Well, you could ask her. So the thing is, like up here, the grocery stores, you can't really, if you get delivery, you can't really get what you want. Everything is gluten free. Every time I try to get pancake mix, anything like that, the cupcake mix, always gluten free. So it just, it wasn't really that, that good. Sorry to the gluten free crew, but it wasn't quite as good. Sorry, Keith. Uh, Keith's gluten-free? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Not Heath. Heath, what's up, man? Huh? What's up? That was, uh, that was a really wonderful intro. Um, we're, we're 15 minutes in, and I know what you're eating for breakfast now, so that's good. <laughs> I had a bagel for breakfast. Has not been a healthy week. Uh, cinnamon raisin bagel, obviously, because raisins are the best. Okay, thank you, everybody, for joining us on Twitch last night. It was very fun. We talked about... A lot of football, obviously, what the Patriots are doing or what aren't they doing, basically, what they're not doing, and uh, our favorite video games. We had a lot of fun. We'll keep you updated uh, whenever we're doing these uh, these Twitch streams. So twitch.com slash FF today if you want to go ahead and follow us. Guys, give me your top three rookie wide receivers for 2020. And before you answer, isn't this kind of a hard question? Yep. It is. Okay, good. I don't feel, I don't feel that stupid then. Tough one. Give me your top three rookie wide receivers for 2020. Heath, for some reason I can't see you because your camera is pointing at the ceiling. Uh, what's your, who are your top three? There you are. Yeah, I. Um, it is a tough question because none of them are particularly exciting. There's there's no floor that exists for this class in their rookie year. Um, but for me, I will go with Jerry Judy at one. C.D. Lamb at two, and then the wild card that won't make anyone else's top three, I don't think, but Denzel Mims at three. Okay, Judy, Lamb, Mims for Heath. Jamie? I have probably changed this a hundred times since the draft already, but uh, right now it's Lamb, Judy, and Rager. Lamb, Judy, Rager. Okay, so top two are same players but reversed, and then you go Rager three. I think I know who number one is for Dave. Dave? Uh Uh-huh. I think everybody who listens regularly knows who number one is for me. It's Rager, because I think he's got the clearest path to get the most targets. It's pretty much the only reason why. Oh, and he's he's got a pretty good quarterback, too. Not to say that Dak Prescott isn't a good quarterback. He is, but we know that CeeDee Lamb's got company. Uh, Judy's right behind Rager. Lamb's right behind Judy. Anytime I've got three rookies in a row like that, I feel like I'm being lazy, but I really just have a hard time putting any of them ahead of Debo or Marquise Brown, and and I have an easy time putting them ahead of Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Will Fuller. I I, I think they're going to be pretty good, uh, assuming there's a training camp and all that stuff. If there's not, I'd move them down, but I think I'm keeping them in that order until further notice. What was it? I'm sorry, can you give me the order one more time? Rager, Judy, Lamb. Okay. All right, so everybody's got Judy and Lamb in their top three. For Heath, it's Judy, Lamb, Mims. For Jamie, it's Lamb, Judy, Rager. For Dave, it's Rager, Judy, Lamb. Okay. I almost think though, like with with Mims, um, like he's not going to get drafted in the in these. I'll put Rugs in there too in in the first four, and like Dave said, Rager has the clear clearest path to targets. He might if Jeffrey's hurt to to miss the start of the season. Otherwise, I think it's a little bit clouded. But I almost think like with Mims, with Pittman, with Chenault, with um, maybe Antonio Gandy Golden. Like those guys may have the clearer path to targets 
not clear a path, but just as clear a path to targets because they could all be secondary receivers on their teams. And you could, you know, debate quarterbacks and all those things and systems and whatever. But just in terms of like opportunity, those guys could all be stepping into very similar opportunities as those other guys. Again, not the same talent, not the same scenario, but uh, I, not not the same talent, but maybe similar scenario. So if you like want to get a piece of this rookie receiver class and you don't want to invest, like we saw Rager going around seven and, and he very well could be in that range if, if Jeffrey is is out, um, I think in the draft we did Tuesday. Right. And we last saw pick. last pick around seven. Yeah. Right. And then Judy was the first pick around eight. Lamb went in round eight and Ruggs went in round eight. Um, I think that's kind of the range where you're going to see those other three guys go. Rager will kind of, you know, probably shuffle up and down depending on the scenario. But like if you want a piece of this rookie class, you kind of maybe just wait out Mims, Chanel, Pittman. Again, those those that group. Oh, Would you I, be interested in playing an impromptu game, everybody. Always. OK, first of all, I was not the one to take. Rager with the last pick in round seven, and I was really mad about it. I didn't want to take him in the middle of round seven when I was up. Okay, I'm. Let's go through ten rookie receivers. You tell me over or under a hundred targets for the year, because I wrote a story on this. I, I kind of went into each play caller's background about how they utilize their receivers. Real quick, Jerry Judy over or under a hundred targets? Under. Uh, I say over. Slightly over, I would say. I'm trying to get to my just a second. I'm trying to get to my okay. I've got Judy at 103, so over. Okay, CD. Yeah, I, I have him in the 90s, like where Diggs was last year. Got it. Well, wait, CD did, wait, wait. Yeah, you Diggs said Jerry Judy, right? In 15 games. But but we're but that's not okay. But Justin Jefferson is on the Vikings, not Judy. Right. We'll, we'll get to Justin. Jefferson. I know that. I'm okay. just saying, like I, that was Keep the number. I was on All right. It was just it was seemed like a Sorry. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Sedarian Lamb. Sedarian Lamb under. Under. Eve? Um, under. I got him over. I don't think it's going to be over by a lot, uh, but I think he goes over. Push. I've got Lamb at 100 even. There <laughs> it is. That's over. Uh, that's that's a push, not over. I guess. That's not really <laughs> All right, you know, you know where I'm going to come out on Rager. Over under 100 targets for Jalen Rager. Under. Under. Yeah, I think I think under, and I also think... I would. I really would like to do some research to how many wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, get 100 targets. I bet it's pretty low. Well, I will tell you this fun fact: last year, AJ Brown finishes a top 24 receiver as a rookie. Obviously, he did not have 100 targets. The year before, Calvin Ridley finishes a top 24 receiver. He also did not have 100 targets. But most receivers that do finish in the top 24 have uh, over 100 targets, and the ones that finish in the top 12, they've got over 120 but we're only looking for 100 targets here. T. Higgins. No. Way under. He may be under 50. Yeah. Right. I think he. I think he's got a chance. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. For 100 targets? But yep. Davey, like, That offense is going to throw a lot. AJ Green gets hurt. <laughs> but there's just not, I mean, it, there just aren't that many rookie wide receivers that get there. To think that the number three guy on Cincinnati's going to get there, he I He could know. be the number four guy. Yeah, John Ross, he, he could be. I mean, Tyler Boyd last year, 9.3 targets per game. John Ross in eight games, but AJ seven Green targets didn't per play. game. <laughs> Auden Tate, 6.7 targets per game. That's fine. What? So even the third, the, uh, I, I just named three receivers in Cincinnati that averaged more than 6.3 targets per game last year. Okay, three different guys. What's 16 so times 6.3? But. 6.3 gets you to 100 over 16. I'm, oh, okay. I'm not sure that Tate would have averaged 6.3 if right. Ross had played all year. Yeah. I don't think that Boyd would have averaged over 9 if Ross had played all year. Or if Green, and certainly if Green had played all year. I mean, you got to figure. All right, next figure. one, Chenault, Chenault, Chenault. Under. Yeah. I, I, I've got him under, but I've got him with the fourth most targets at 90. Yeah, I think he's I feel, 90-ish. I feel better about Chenault getting over 100 targets than I do Higgins getting over 100 targets because sure. I think Jacksonville is going to play from behind. I think he's their number two receiver, and I I think Jay Gruden sees a better version of Pierre Garcon when when he sees Chenault. And Garcon was routinely getting over 6.3 targets per game. Henry Ruggs, under, under, yeah, I agree. under. But by the way, Justin Jefferson. Uh, this is the last one, Dave. Justin Jefferson, yeah, under. Under that one's um, got a chance. I'm I'm more optimistic about him. I'll the, say under. One though. you didn't do was Mims, and I've got him for the third most at 94. I was saving Mims for last. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under on basically all of them. It just doesn't really happen very often. Like like McLaurin was the unquestioned number one receiver for them. He had 93 targets. Did he miss a couple games? 
Uh, he missed he, at least he, one. He missed maybe. two games and, and he had 93 targets. So that's pretty good. So he so was he, on pace. For, he was on pace. For and over. like they had a, an offense that in the second half rivaled the Baltimore Ravens in terms yeah. of run pass split. Uh, DK Metcalf had 100. You know, if you get it's not going to be nobody's going to get 120. That's most likely, right? So. 100 targets for a rookie would be pretty, pretty, pretty good. And yeah. you usually don't get more than one or two top 24 rookie wide receivers, typically. But we're hopeful. This is a deep rookie class. I want to ask one, one more question about this, this rookie class. Rugs, uh, and the way they were drafted in yesterday's draft, PPR, three receivers. Jamie mentioned it. Rager, seventh round, 12th pick. Judy, very next pick, first pick of round eight. Lamb, four picks later. Ruggs, three picks later. Jefferson, three picks later. So Judy Lamb, Ruggs, and Jefferson all in round eight, and Rager basically in round eight, last pick of round seven. Um, do you think Ruggs and Derek Carr is just a really bad mix? Because if you compare Ruggs to Tyree Kill, that's the comp he gets a lot. I don't know that there's a worse quarterback in football for him, at least the way Derek Carr has been playing recently. Extremely conservative, very few air yards, Maybe that changes, but is that a concern for you? Is he a, just a bad fit for Derek Carr? I think so. I would agree. Um, you know, his efficiency throwing downfield is good, but like you said, he doesn't do it very much. So it's a matter of will he take more shots with, you know, really a, a second deep threat because Tyrell Williams could still get down the field pretty good. Um, but Ruggs is just on a different level if, if things go right. But yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's not the best marriage that you would have envisioned for where rugs would end up, but you know, um, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, just completely neutered in that regard. He's also not exclusively just a deep ball guy. Right. I mean, he, you can throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage on a bubble screen and hopefully rugs can, can take it, you know, to the he's house. Right runner, yeah. All right, let's do some news and notes. We'll come back to the consensus rankings, go over some things around the NFL. Jameis Winston, one-year deal to the Saints. He has signed it. It is official. Uh, Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator was talking about Chase Claypool, their young, their rookie wide receiver. He's going to primarily play out wide. Just stop me if there's anything that needs to be discussed here. Arizona plans to play Isaiah Simmons, mostly at linebacker. This needs to be discussed. The Eagles, according to their GM, Howie Roseman, they want to throw the ball downfield more. Let me give you this one-game sample size, everybody. Week one against Washington. Carson Wentz, 313 yards, three touchdowns. Two of them, 50-plus yards to Deshaun Jackson, who had 154 yards and two touchdowns. Zach Ertz had seven targets. Alshon Jeffrey had seven targets. Dallas Goddard had only three targets, and that was the only game that Deshaun Jackson would play other than just a few snaps and a couple of other games. So I, can, I, you, can you buy it, Heath? Are they going to change things? I mean, if you extrapolate that out, that's 128 catches for 2,464 <laughs> yards and and 32 touchdowns. I think he would that would make him the best wide receiver in fantasy probably this year. Maybe that's why someone was considering dropping Michael Thomas from number one because they saw this stat in the notes and just did some math. <laughs> probably, but I, the question is really, and, and this could, and this could apply to the Raiders situation too. Did the Eagles throw to their tight ends all the time because of personnel or because that's their strategy? No, the Eagles have done that for as long as Doug Peterson has been there and as long as Carson Wentz has been there. They have always been amongst the top two or three in tight end targets. And even before last year, they were below 50% of their targets to wide receivers. So their strategy could change. But it wasn't just something they did last year because of a problem. It's what they've done the last four years. Okay. Their wide receivers have been basically Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar all three years. Uh, Torrey Smith was, I think, 2017. Uh, there was a year where Jordan Matthews led that. The rookie, Wentz's rookie year, Jordan Matthews led them in targets. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, oh, his, ro- oh, his rookie year. But that was before Doug Peterson, right? Or was it Doug, Doug Peterson? I don't recall. Doug Peterson won in his first year uh, it was there? before it was before he played his right. rookie year as Wichita Kelly right okay okay so let's we'll go more news and notes uh, a note from NBC Sports Bay Area Matt Mayako he thinks Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are likely to share the load on base downs and he also thinks Jarek McKinnon could have a role on passing downs oh makes okay. sense yeah Jamie tweeted this uh, from ESPN's Jamison Hensley Ravens reporter 
quote, Dobbins, who is 21, could end up being on the field just as much as Ingram by the end of the season. Did you read the story or did you just see what I tweeted? I skimmed the story because I saw it like right before we went on. It, uh, it was basically just about the youth movement for the Ravens and how they got uh, a lot faster. And um, that was basically the gist of it, that you know they drafted four speed, that DuVarnay was a track guy at college or high school, I, I forget where, but um, that Prochet is not known for speed. He had uh, X amount of plays over 20 yards, you know, so he was just kind of noting with Marquise Brown and um, you know Dobbins with his explosiveness as well that this was a, a big point of emphasis for the Ravens. And he quoted Eric DaCosta, the general manager, talking about how, you know, you get faster essentially with youth. And so I don't think this puts Mark Ingram on notice, but it puts Mark Ingram on notice. You know, the, the fact that if, if uh, not necessarily he's struggling, but they're going to try, I think, to get a little bit more speed on the field. How about uh, San Francisco? Note about last year's rookie wide receiver, Jalen Hurd. He missed the year with a stress fracture in his back. He's been cleared. They also have slot wide receiver Trent Taylor who had five surgeries on his foot, according to reports. But they're both expected back in 2020. Does that, Dave, does that matter? Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor potentially being back for the 49ers. Does that matter when it comes to Debo Samuel and even Brandon Ayuk or even maybe George Kittle? They could matter. I mean, we, we know that Taylor is a good slot receiver. We know that Jalen Hurd has huge size and, and good speed. It really will come down to how they can assimilate into the offense once these guys get together and start practicing. We'll finish up. Cincinnati wide receiver T. Higgins is expected to be a starter to begin this season. So that's over John Ross, right? That's the implication? Or it could be all of them playing. It it depends on how much they're taking from LSU's playbook. They could be trading Andy Dalton and A.J. Green to the Patriots. Maybe. That would be awesome. (laughs) Baltimore signed offensive guard DJ Fluker, recently cut by Seattle. A reminder to send in your rookie ranking questions or any questions you have via Apple Podcast Review. We will answer them all during our mailbag on Friday. We have a lot of emails, too, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And your team just drafted and signed upwards of 10 new players. It's time to get to know them. Well, the the 24-7 sports podcast team has been putting out draft preview and reaction pods for NFL fans uh, like you, to meet their new players. So who better to tell you about your rookies than the reporters who covered them during their college careers? The 24-7 Sports Network of College Team-Based Reporters has been covering these guys for years. So if you want to go deeper on your new rookies, check out the 24-7 Sports NFL Draft playlist on Spotify to learn all about your new favorite players. Dave, it's time for your revelation of the day. You know what I have it a is? revelation of the day. Yeah, you IM'd it to me earlier. Oh, yes. This is this is another mini quiz for Adam and or Adam. You already know this for Jamie and Heath. What is Miles Sanders' middle name? Adam. Heath. Azer. <laughs> One of you is right. One <laughs> of you is wrong. It's Jamie who's right. Miles Adam Sanders. Love it. Reminds me of Adam Sandler. I it's like him even more. It's what? Uh, it was meant to be one thing in, You missed one thing in the news, Adam. Is it about Miles Sanders' middle name? Because we just covered that. Today is Willie Nelson's birthday. Hey. How old is Willie Nelson now? I'd guess 86. You know, he was in an episode of Monk, which is one of my favorite shows. Mr. Monk and the Red-Headed Stranger. Very good episode. That's how He's, you know Willie uh, Nelson? That's the only way, way I know Willie Nelson, yeah. Are you going to celebrate today? He is 87. I am not going to celebrate. I did a lot of celebrating yesterday, had a lot of cookie cake, and some mediocre cupcakes. All right. Well, for the rest of the day, he will be on my mind. Let's, he will always be on my mind. Let's get... Uh, oh, Crazy. What did you just text me, Jamie? I didn't text you anything. Uh, I am me. Something important? Uh... Since 2015, only four rookie wide receivers have had over at least 100 targets. That's interesting. Mm. Coop, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Sterling Shepard, and DK Metcalf. And Metcalf doesn't 100 on the dot. It doesn't happen. That's really interesting. I mean, McLaurin was on pace for it, but, you know, some, some guys miss games, right? Okay, so anyway, let's get to the rookie or the wide receiver rankings. 
We talked about the rookies. That's the most important stuff right now. But consensus rankings. We'll go five at a time, just like last time, and y'all can chime in, tell me what you agree with, strongly disagree with, whatever. One through five PPR. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. Cool. All good? Jamie, you want to talk uh, about your Michael Thomas dilemma? Sorry, Heath. It's not really a dilemma. It's just I think that the more I think about it, um, we expect Thomas to come down you know, from his production from a season ago to whatever level you, you, you can you know, certainly have a conversation about it. But he's going to come down. He's not going to catch many passes. They had Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do with Taysom Hill again, this crazy concoction that they like to do. Um, he had a record season. It's going to come down. What Jamie, are we... you mentioned you mentioned the concoction of Taysom Hill. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm I'm sorry about that. Do you know exactly how many snaps he played at wide receiver and tight end last year? Uh off the top of my head, no. It's like two hundred. And he lined up a quarterback forty one times. Like they list him as a quarterback. He really doesn't play quarterback. They just paid him a ton of money. I wonder if they're gonna use him a lot more than we're giving him credit for. Maybe so, but you know, I, I think just in terms of what Thomas uh, is going to do, he's going to be great. But, you know, two years ago, he was great. He just wasn't record setting. And Adams was better than him. And so I just wonder if with what we saw from Adams, how he closed the season, with the lack of adding a pass catching presence at all, that Adams could be better than Thomas. And so I'm, I'm debating moving Adams ahead of Thomas. It would be... My only thought... I'm sorry, Heath. No, that's okay. Go, what's up? Uh, nothing. I'm no, good. No, I didn't know you were talking. Go talk, talk. No, I, I know. I, I just, I was, I was not. You were going to talk about what Jamie was saying, and I thought we were talking. I was going to talk about the top five, and I, the only thing, I, like, I think Thomas and Adams are are close enough. We all agree on the top four. I don't have Hopkins in my top five, though. Where do you have him? Uh, I think he's sixth in PPR and tenth in non. He's not in my top five either, but he's sixth for both. So who do you guys have ahead of DeAndre Hopkins? Tyreek and Godwin. Okay. So Thomas Adams, Julio, Tyreek, DeAndre Hopkins. Chris Godwin is six. We'll go six through ten. Also, I, I think when you reflect on uh, what we're seeing here, right, the last few years seemed like there were, I would say, about eight wide receivers that we felt great about. Now, last year it blew up in our face, but... You had this group of veteran wide receivers. You had Mike Evans in there probably. You had A.J. Green, certainly. Um, obviously, Hopkins, Julio, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas. They're all in there. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is feels like 6 through 10, newer names, and I feel less – I feel less – I don't feel as good about it. I feel a little nervous about it. Um Wide receivers turning over a little bit. The names are changing. It's kind of like first base in fantasy baseball. Uh, guys like Miguel Cabrera, they got old, right? And, and who, all the other guys I can't think of right now. The position got old. And I think that maybe was starting to happen with wide receiver a little bit. And it might still be happening with guys like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they're on the decline and they shouldn't be this high. Uh, but I don't know. It, wide receiver doesn't feel as great to me at the top. Um, at least six through ten, which is Godwin, Cup, Moore, Thielen, and Ridley. How do you guys feel about what I just said? Godwin, Cup, Moore, Thielen, and Ridley. I mean, do you feel like that's not such a strong group of five? By comparison yeah. to the top five, it's not. And there's plenty of running backs and a couple of tight ends that I'd rather have. Yeah. Heath, your take? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's like I don't have two of those guys in my PP. Like, I think this is a place where we diverge a little bit. Probably. Um, we all have, I think the top six in some order. Um, but I'm not sure that any of the, the rest of the top 10 are in all three of ours tops 10. So yeah, I think it probably is a little bit weaker. There's a big, big tier here that may go to 15 or all the way down to like 18 where you could make the argument for the guy to be as high as 10th. Um, but there's some unprovenness. There's some concerns over what happened to Cup in the second half last year. There's some concerns about DJ Moore's touchdowns, I suppose, or Adam Thielen's offense and age. 
Um, but there's a lot of upside in this group also. Okay, so what's the biggest gripe you guys would have with these consensus rankings? Godwin, 6, Cup, 7, DJ Moore, 8, Adam Thielen, 9, Calvin Ridley, 10. I think he said it best. This is a, this is a tier that's just extremely deep. So I think all these guys belong in this in this range. You know, it, 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 this, it's probably personal preference. Yeah, the, the biggest difference I have in terms of my ranking is I think I have Calvin Ridley 16th in PPR, but in the projections I have him 12 points behind my number 10. So it's not like it's a it's a huge difference. I it's it's a it's a touchdown here or or five catches here. How did he end up at 10 Calvin Ridley? Who's who's so high on him that he's 10th in consensus? I've got him 11th. I'm 12. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so 11, 12 and 16, but we've Is got so many other different names ahead of him that it pushes him up. I don't know how Juju would I like I have Juju ninth. Yeah, I have Juju ten. How is Juju? I've got Juju nineteenth. There that, you go. It's Dave's fault. There you go. Okay. Why do you have Juju nineteenth? Because I think we, we don't know anything about what the Steelers offense is gonna look like this year. We don't? Nothing. We don't know how Roethlisberger is gonna look. We we know that they added Ebron and Chase Claypool. We know that Deontay Johnson could take a step up. We know the Steelers aren't hot to give Juju a contract extension. We don't know how effective the run game will be. We don't know nothing. I I get that. I uh so you have 19th. So right, again, like it's 9 plus 10 plus 19 I guess comes out lower than like wherever Calvin Ridley was, uh, 11, 12, 16 or something like that. So 11 through 15 in the consensus rankings. Juju, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, and Mike Evans all the way down at 15. So it's Juju, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, and Mike Evans. Your take there, guys. There's two of my top 10 are in this group, Juju and Allen Robinson. Um, I'm the reason that Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay aren't higher, I believe. So I'll take the blame for that. And I do have Galladay top 10 in non-PPR. I just worry about the, the total volume there with Marvin Jones healthy and Amendola back and Hawkinson coming. But um, I think you could make a very reasonable argument, and maybe all three of us have one of these guys in that spot. Any of these five guys could be ranked in the top 10, and it wouldn't seem weird. I'm one of those guys with Galladay. I've got him top 10. I love last year how... Led the NFL in touchdowns. He was top 10 in yards. He was 25th in targets. So what happens if he gets even a 10% bump in targets and he gets to 130? He could have an even bigger year than he had last year. Well, the way you give out targets, he probably should get that. I'm telling I'm like Santa Claus when it comes to targets. <laughs> he's going to have 250 targets this year. Well, he's not going to be a great catch guy. Target clause. You're the target clause. He That's reminds me. me ho, ho, ho. He kind of reminds me of... T.Y. Hilton with more touchdowns. Catches are going to be an in, an issue for Kenny Galladay, it seems. He had 65 of them. In eight games with Matthew Stafford, he was on pace for 70 catches, 1,280 yards, but 14 targets. But his yards per catch is ridiculous. 17, 15.2, and 18.3 in three seasons. So, you know, he might be a guy that changes a lot depending on format, and then you just have to sort of decide how many touchdowns you think he's going to score. He scored 11 last year, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, he gets high-leverage opportunities, the deep ball, the red zone. Uh, I'm, I'm, You know I've been a fan of his since he came into the league, so maybe that's playing into my ranking a little bit. Where are you guys I'm, on uh, Allen Robinson compared to Heath? Robinson was 11th in non-PPR, 8th in PPR last year, 98 catches, 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns on 154 targets. He played a full season. Heath has Robinson in his top 10. Dave and Jamie, how about you? Just behind. 15th for me. Okay. He's the be- he's the Betty White of stud fantasy PPR receivers because he's not sexy. He's not someone you're going to get completely excited about, but he's still going to deliver um, a good performance more often than not. 16 through 20 is Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper at 19, and A.J. Brown at 20. Okay. this is, Now, this is an interesting group. Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Amari Cooper, and A.J. Brown. Too bad you don't have Gretchen in the consensus because Brown would be a lot higher. <laughs> I don't know AJ about Brown that in PPR. Two. 
he's a, another guy's not going to catch a lot of passes. But I don't know. I mean, you are looking at Allen, Beckham, and Cooper. Based on years past, deserve to be higher than 17, 18, 19. Uh, Woods, yeah, Woods is, I don't know, it's pretty safe, right? Gonna, Woods gonna is catch just like passes. Robinson. Yeah. He's the Estelle Getty of fantasy receivers. <laughs> and then A.J. Brown at 20. Okay, what do you guys want to talk about here? I want to talk about all of it, especially Cooper, and especially Beckham, but especially all of it. I think, again, I'll go back to what he said a few minutes ago. This, this is, you could put these guys 10 spots higher. I don't think a lot of people would blink. You know, the, like you said, years past, they've been good. We don't know how it's going to, you know, considerably impact Keenan Allen one way or the other with the new quarterbacks that he's going to deal with. Could be better for him. I doubt it, but, you know, you never know. Um, Woods was, was still good last year, just a lack of touchdown. And I think he'll be pretty consistent. Um, Beckham makes me nervous. Because there's another mouth to feed in the offense now, after he wasn't great last year. So has he been great the last three years? Yeah, he was great at the end of his Giants tenure on a per game basis. Sure. Then he got hurt, and I don't know, man. Like there, there, there are things that scare me about Odell. He played so, the whole year hurt. He played the whole year with a sports hernia. He's played most of his career hurt. Honestly, yeah, he gets hurt the last three years, especially. Uh, and, I actually uh, think though that there's 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 some sneaky upside with Beckham, just because um, like I haven't heard anything I don't think in the last three weeks, but the last time I heard Jarvis Landry's name, it, it wasn't sounding real positive about his chances to be ready for camp. We don't know for sure that he's gonna be ready for the start of the season. I don't think. I think he's supposed to be ready for camp. Last time I saw that he's supposed to be ready for camp. So. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's like, okay, so you, you take Landry, maybe he misses the first few games. Maybe he gets put on the pup list and that gets Beckham off to a hot start. What happens when Landry comes back? Is this, is, is his touchdown potential still good? The fact that you have Cooper, Hooper there and a full season of Najoku. So whatever that means for the offense, you know, they'll run two tight end sets probably more than we expect. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think. Beckham at the right price is perfect. Like anything in the first three rounds to me is is a waste for him. Let me tell you what I'm sort of thinking right now, okay? Strategy. Strategy talk time. The sixth pick in the PPR draft, Heath said it a couple weeks ago, might be the best pick. You're guaranteed one of the five top running backs or Michael Thomas. So Andrew Bomber yesterday in our three-receiver PPR league draft this was his team, sixth overall, his first four picks. I'll tell you what it was, and I'll tell you what, based on this conversation, what I think a lot of you could do and would be happy doing. He took Alvin Kamara in round one, DJ Moore in round two, Lamar Jackson in round three, and Robert Woods in round four. Now, what you could do based on this is go Alvin Kamara round one, your choice of Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake in round two. Dave, give me one. Who's your favorite there? Mixon. Okay. Alvin Kamara. Wait, wait, wait. PPR, right? PPR. Mixon. Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon. Round three, Kenny Galladay. Round four, Robert Woods or Odell Beckham. You know? And I think based on what we're, we've been saying about the wide receivers that rank from 11 to 20 and how they're not that much different than six through 10, I think that makes more sense than taking DJ Moore in round two. And then, like, if he had taken a running back instead of Lamar Jackson, in round three, it would have been Le'Veon Bell or Leonard Fournette or something like that. So if you're not going to get one of the top five wide receivers, if you don't want to do that in round one and you can't get them in round two, then I, I think running back, running back, receiver, receiver is a really good way to start as long as you can get yourself two guys in the 10 through 20 range at wide receiver. What do you guys think? I agree. It's a good strategy. Receiver's deep enough to do it. Heath, compliment me and say that was a good idea. I don't think it was bad. I'll take that. I'll take that from Heath. And Amari Cooper, so why 19 in the consensus? Well, you may have heard they drafted somebody. <laughs> Who you don't think is going to get 100 targets, and Randall Cobb got 83 last year, and Jason Witten got 83 last year. It's and not like I said Cooper's bad. I just don't think he's ahead of this group. 19 is kind of low. It's kind of low. Well, I mean, he 
was on a great start last year and then got banged up. He's never been consistently great. He's been good. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Dave, you know what's consistently great? Um, what's consistent? I, I don't know, Adam. Come on. Coors Light, man. Our new sponsor. Or not that new uh, anymore. But Coors Light. Let's talk about Coors Light. On, so one thing we get to do on Twitch that we don't do on the podcast is uh, have a beer while we're doing the show. Dave and Ben Gretsch were rocking the Coors Light last night. Is that it's right? It's true. Mm-hmm. Felt like uh, felt like I could use a beer. You know, I was I was going to kick back and relax with my homies on Twitch and uh, talk a little fantasy football. I know they call it work. <laughs> Technically, I was working, <laughs> but uh, I, I we were just shooting the breeze. We were chatting with people, and I had a I had a cold Coors Light. It was it was what I decided to have. While in a moment of chill and, you know, how lucky am I that I can have a moment of chill while I'm working on Twitch, talking fantasy football with with all of our with all of our listeners and and uh, the folks out there. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily a, a panicked moment, of course. I didn't need to reset. I had reset earlier in the day. And so I'm just you can picture me in the backyard chilling with a tall glass of cold Coors Light, doing the Twitch, getting my hair cut live on Twitch. That's true. It was it was uh, it was pretty incredible. And so I don't mind telling people that when you're not working and you're just having a moment of chill at home, you know, maybe you're you're zooming with your buddies or whatever. Grab a Coors Light and enjoy the moment of chill. Um, that's that's the story, man. Coors Light. Awesome. Don't forget to celebrate responsibly. It's Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And no gross aftertaste, which is also a huge bonus. No gross aftertaste. You you are constantly reminded of that, though. Every time I think about it. Our Super Bowl trip, when you had some beer, it was not Coors Light. Mm-hmm. And uh, you 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 were complaining about it in the yeah. car on the way home. Is that surprising? Heath anyone? was not complaining about it. He, well, Heath, uh, Heath was enjoying himself. Heath did that to me on purpose. He gave me a beer that he knew was going to linger in the back of my I throat. I don't think for... so. Adam, I, you had eight different beers. I'm sorry one of them left a bad aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through uh, the rest of the rankings here. T.Y. Hilton's 21, Terry McLaurin, 22, A.J. Green, 23, D.K. Metcalf, 24, and Cortland Sutton, 25. 21 through 25 are T.Y. Hilton, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Green, D.K. Metcalf, Cortland Sutton. Of those receivers, who's got top 12 potential? Yes. Lauren and Mecca. Oh, probably. I all. think I think all of them. I don't think Sutton does, but I think the others do. I love the value of these receivers. I don't. Mm. Gosh, it is so hard to know what to expect from AJ Green. Okay, well, the the it's it's tough to assume that he's going to stay healthy for sixteen games. I get that. Well, he's getting two hundred targets, right? Uh, 220 actually. Mm. Yeah. So, Second to Kenny Galladay. And, and you know what? A, a very high percentage of them are going to be catchable targets because Joe Burrow is an upgraded quarterback over Andy Dalton. Q Heath coming at me, bro. But I think, uh, I, I mm. think we're going to see AJ Green be motivated to play for the Bengals. I think he'll like catching passes from Burrow. I think the Bengals offense throws a bunch. And I, I think AJ Green, if, if, where are we talking about? Late round four here? I think that's tremendous value. I would rather wait for this group of receivers than take Odell Beckham in round three. And I currently have Odell higher. I think I'm probably going to change that. I think I'm going to take a lot of these guys ahead of Odell. Hmm. Let's go to 26 through 30. DJ Chark, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman, and Jarvis Landry. DJ Chark, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry. Water starts to get a little bit murky around here. This is almost exactly the order I have and exactly the guys I have in this range. I can't think of anything interesting to say. It's going to be interesting to see how Diggs performs with Josh Allen. And, you know, does he get a significant boost in targets? I think Brown was 109 to lead the team last year. Uh, They had two guys over 100 targets with Beasley. So, you know, those two guys are going to suffer. Does Diggs all of a sudden, you know, come in and command the, the target lead by a significant margin? Um. You know, I, I think we, we've said this since the trade that he just feels like the same. He'll, he'll perform the same statistically 
as he did in Minnesota. At least that's the way I feel. As he did last year in Minnesota? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Be also better on his targets, though. Huh? We're talking for real on his targets, and I'm not going to make up a number like 70 or 170. What type of target share? Is he going to have the same? Is he going to average around 6.5 per game like he did in Minnesota last year? I would probably give him a slight boost, but not by much. You know, I, I think he'll just be in that range. I've got him 121. That's I was going to say 120 would be the number I'd look at. That's a that's a decent boost. That's that's like almost one more target per game. But I don't think he's likely to be near as efficient. Right. Not because of him, because of the quarterback. Right. Okay, number 31 through 35. Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones, Marquise Brown, and Debo Samuel. Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel. Got a lot of interesting scenarios here. So, like with Boyd, if if T. Higgins is on the field, see, I think A.J. Green and Boyd lose with Higgins joining the team. Like, I, I to me, Green was a loser coming out of the NFL draft because of Higgins' addition. I think the touchdowns are going to be spread too much. I don't think Burrow's going to have a monster season as a rookie because we just don't see that from rookie quarterbacks. So, I, I could see. Green coming down. I could see Boyd coming down. And if Ross stays healthy, I think they all suffer. Follow-ups? I, I, my favorite in this group is actually Michael Gallup, and I think he was viewed as a major loser. But I just the more I look at this Dallas situation and the way they distributed targets last year, I it like I've got the three Cowboys wide receivers with Amari Cooper at 129, Michael Gallup at 129, and C.D. Lamb at 100. And that's 358 targets for wide receivers. And I think last year they had 356 targets that went to wide receivers. So I like I think that Amari Cooper can be a top 15 guy. Michael Gallup can be a top 30 guy. And C.D. Lamb can be a, uh, a, a low-end flex. I can't tell you how bad the history is, I can tell you, for number two wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks. That's really, we're talking about Tyler Boyd here. And again, I mean, I think I've given, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I've looked at the last eight quarterbacks selected number one overall. That's since 2009. It's guys like Matthew Stafford and Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, guys like Sam Bradford, Jared Goff, uh, who didn't play all that much as a rookie. I don't think he played seven games. But, Number one receivers, they, they, you know, have gotten close to a thousand yards six of eight times, 976 yards or more, six of eight times. That's pretty good. But only Steve Smith had more than five touchdown catches. Um, in terms of number two receivers, only T.Y. Hilton, he was the number two receiver that year with Andrew Luck. He was the only one who had more than 800 receiving yards. There was one guy who was on pace for more than 800 yards. There may have been more, but the one I noticed was Vincent Jackson. He played only 10 games. He was on pace for 864 receiving yards. Wide receivers don't do well with rookie quarterbacks, even the ones taken number one overall, uh, typically. And, I, and there's that, and then there's like, how could their passing offense be worse than it was last year? This is why I don't want to take this as, as the death sentence for Tyler Boyd. Plus, he could catch the ball a lot and just kind of PPR his way to uh, production. You know what I mean? But it just has stood out to me how disappointing wide receivers are in year one with rookie quarter and with rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I think um, one thing I would say is there's like, and I, maybe you guys will say this percentage is too high, but a 40% chance, maybe it's too low that Tyler Boyd is the number one wide receiver for Joe Burrow. I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked. Um, if green's not a hundred percent, if green's a hundred percent, it it's, it's hard to overlook just what his talent level is by comparison. But I, I just think it's where, where Boyd, I've seen Boyd go. I'm not touching Boyd, and I'm prob- probably not touching A.J. Green either. It just I, I think there's just too many mouths to feed now after Higgins joining the, the, the roster. All right, 36 through 40. Jamison Crowder, Brandon Cooks at 37. CeeDee Lamb, 38. Jerry Judy, here we go. We got some rookies coming off the board. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, 38. Jerry Judy, 39. Will Fuller, 40. So... Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are within three spots. Uh, you got Jamison Crowder, Brandon Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, and Will Fuller. And your thoughts there, Dave? Uh, a lot of receivers who I would be happier to get in round eight or later. 
I take a lot of Jameson Crowder, and I will continue to take a lot of Jameson Crowder. I just think if he stays healthy, he's going to lead the Jets in targets and receptions. I think now, that's Jameson, one that I think we can look at and say easily over 100 targets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've got Cooks at 40, but I think Crowder is the only other one in this group that's in my top 40. He's my favorite of the group at 36. Um, this is the point to where, like, you could legitimately have a guy that one of us has – at 35 and the other one has it 50 and it's really hard to argue too much about it because it's just a big bunch of maybe. But Brandon Cooks really stands out here because I don't really get what happened last year. He had a couple of concussions. Very. He started last year just fine. Yeah, yeah, he did, but but I think he kind of... It's not like he got hurt and all and came back and was bad. He, I think he was bad before he got hurt, right? But he sort of started to struggle. And, and the thing is, in his career, he's been one of the most consistent wide receivers in football based on four straight seasons as a top 15 wide receiver. Don't know what happened last year exactly. And furthermore, he's usually getting about a 20% target share. DeAndre Hopkins with Houston had been getting about a 30% target share. So I don't think Brandon Cooks is going to get 30, but I do think he could have the highest target share of his career. He's never been a big target share guy. And I wonder, I don't think he's ever gotten to 130. If he's the number one guy for Houston, why can't he get to 130, 140 targets? Be a huge steal. 37th overall in our consensus rankings. If he stays healthy, he's going to shatter his ADP. So that's I just agree. it. And that's why his ADP is what it is. I, like I, 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 I took him, I took him and, and, and Will Fuller back to back in the draft yesterday, round seven and round eight, and I was thrilled to do it. Do, that's not do a bad we, way to go about it. Do we think, though, with. And we don't know what the offseason's... I mean, we still don't know what training camp's going to look like. But, like, right now, if I told you that Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller both played 16 games, first off, wow. But second, <laughs> do we think that Brandon Cooks gets, like, a definitively bigger share of the targets than Will Fuller, considering Fuller's played with Watson the last no. three years? No, but I, I would say so the I same think thing. That might, I'll right, say that the same might thing I just said about Cooks. I'm sorry, Keith. If Fuller yeah. plays 16 games, he's going to shatter, shatter his ADP. And Watson might, too. <laughs> right. Okay, guys, let's do 10 more. Let's go to 50. Christian Kirk. Sterling Shepard. I know you guys wanted to talk about the Giants wide receivers. Sterling Shepard's 42. Darius Slayton's 52. Golden Tate's 55. But 41 through 50 is Kirk, Shepard, Deontay Johnson, John Brown, Alan Lazard, Anthony Miller, Jalen Rager, Sammy Watkins, Justin Jefferson, and Mike Williams of the Chargers all the way down at 50. Uh, Kirk, Shepard, Deontay Johnson, John Brown, Lazard, Anthony Miller, Rager, Watkins, Jefferson, and Williams. Take it away. A lot of bench receivers, maybe fringe number three receivers, but there's certainly some upside here. Slayton, I think, has the most upside of any Giants receiver. Deontay Johnson, I think, has the most upside. I can't say of any Steelers receiver, but he's got a lot of upside. Okay. And you know how I feel about Rager. I'm just... Not going to talk. Lazard is my favorite in this group. Yeah, mine too. Are the Packers about to become the Ravens slash Forty Nine Titans? I think they're they're about to become the Titans based on which is preposterous. Like I don't understand why they would do that unless they really think Aaron Rodgers is shot. I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that that's happening. But it's not up to us. Obviously, it's up to them. They're the ones pulling the strings. I get that Lazard is going to potentially play a lot how often are they going to be in games where they're throwing 35 plus times and he's going to be getting a huge share of those 35 um targets i'm i'm nervous i think that they really want to try and run the ball a lot i think adams is going to clearly be the number one i don't think there's any debate here i don't know if lazard's good enough to hang on to that number two job all year long and so I'm I'm nervous to take Lazard this high. Who's, well, who's, who's, who's taking the number two job? Away I don't know that? if they add somebody or if one of these receivers that they gave a chance to before gets another shot. Devin Funchess. Like, why does, not Devin Funchess? Why Devin not Funchess? Devin? Why no, not? I, 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 I didn't mean it like it's it's guaranteed that you know he's locked sure, sure, that sure. two spot. But, I mean, I mean uh, Gutenkus spent the entire press conference the other day defending the draft, saying we have all these guys. You know, he, he's still Marcus Valdez Scantling, still talking about Jake Kumaro. You know, he, <laughs> he still keeps. Saying these same names that have, you know, oh, okay, this guy's got a shot, doesn't do it. This guy's got a shot, doesn't do it. You know, so um, Lazard is is seemingly the leader of the the pack right now, no pun intended. Um, but I I look at the team this way. 
I don't think their defense got better this offseason. I feel like it got slightly worse or at least the same. And what I mean by that is you can run on the Packers. We saw it last year. We saw it in the playoff game. And I don't know if their run defense got short up. So if if they're going to be in these games where they're trying to you know ball control and, and, and be more run dominant, then it's just going to be not good for the entire passing game. But if they're chasing points like we saw for a couple of occasions last year, rarely, but we saw it, um, I think his targets could come up a little bit. I think he could have a chance to be a little bit better. And and I I'm I, I think, you know, we're going to hear a lot about this. What's the power struggle going to be in that building between Rodgers and, and LaFleur? Of, is it still the quarterback's team or is it the coach's team? They are so stupid to be going through that. Like you're, well, you're 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 right all along. I just I can't believe it's gotten to that point. I go back I go back to a conversation I had with both Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram before the 2018 or at the 2017 Super Bowl, and it was was it the Super Bowl? It was some, somewhere I, where I talked to them. Maybe it was Mark Ingram going into the 2017 season, and he said that. Drew Brees was at the point in his career where he has done everything statistically. He has solidified his Hall of Fame plaque, uh, bust, whatever, um, place, and he just wants to win. And so Kamara and Ingram, that was the year that they had that dominant season and Brees' numbers were down. And I wonder if Rodgers is, okay, I just want another Super Bowl. I'm okay with this. Like, we're all bitching about the Packers situation. Have we heard Aaron Rodgers say one thing? Well, but but we can't. I would be surprised to hear him say one thing. Well, he doesn't bite his tongue, though. He but but last year he said like they were talking about how bad the passing offense was, how disappointing it was. And he's like, yeah, all the way to the number one seed, or all the way to the to the. And he he, he wants, didn't get the number one seed, but at the time they were they right. were in the mix. You know, he was like, we're doing just fine with this. He strategy. once he once told Pete Prisco that he would rather have a dominant defense than a great receiving core, because that's what helps you. Stay on the field. It helps well, you be successful. He's got neither. I mean, they, it's not like they have a bad defense, but I think no, no, they but get what exposed. I'm, what I'm getting at is like, you know, he sometimes. and he's not one to, you know, he he has a gunslinger mentality to a certain extent. Like Pete and and, and Rogers, uh, they have a great relationship. They got into a back and forth. Pete said, "You got to throw more interceptions because it means you're you're taking more chances." And he's like, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah, he Pete's ridiculous with that. Like, it's so funny. He's like, "Yeah, oh, Pete, yeah, he throws interceptions. That's good." Well. His I know his philosophy. Right. I know his theory's his philosophy. right. You know, it, it's you're you're taking more shots, more chances, being more aggressive, and so you know, Rodgers may be okay with going, you know, twenty touchdowns and six interceptions if the team is thirteen and three again. It's really the touchdown. It's it, the his touchdown rate is going to determine so much because I think it's going to determine how good he is, and then how good Aaron Jones is, right? And, you know, because are they just going to AJ Dillon <laughs> or AJ Dillon? Yeah, uh, that pick just yeah, I don't know, yeah, crazy. Interesting. I think it means something for next year, for maybe. I think it means something for this year. Well, sir, but but they could. But this is uh, Jones's last year under contract, right? Aaron Jones, he's a free agent I after this. I believe so. Yes, yeah, pretty sure. So, okay, thank you guys. Good talk about wide receivers here. Good stuff from Dave's dog there at the very end. Sorry we had to wait so long to hear from Dave's dog. From from Alvin. From Alvin. And we will talk to you on Thursday with tight ends and then Friday with your questions via Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to watch us on CBS Sports HQ. Way to plug it. Thanks, bud. <laughs> you know, everybody already knows. Everybody already knows about HQ. Yeah, noon Eastern all week long. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you on Thursday.